Welcome. So this is a this is a new segment. I'm I'm testing out. I'm testing the waters how this is going to work. So I wanted to try a new segment on my channel here, and it's called Fish Tanks After Dark. Where well, one I shoot it at night anyway, but you wouldn't know that <laughs> by the video. But essentially, it's where we talk about controversial topics in the hobby that some people are probably going to love, some people are probably going to hate, uh, but at least bring it to light, talk about it give some ideas, some information, valid information about those things, and then let people make their own decisions. And the first, so for this first one, I want to talk about something a little different. So those of you who don't know me, never been to my channel, my name is Dan Connor. I've been in the aquarium fish industry most of my whole life. You know, not to get my whole bio, but I've been a farmer. I've been on a distribution side. Uh, and now I work mostly in the retail side and import side. Um, where we um, sell fish retail, direct to consumer. And then um, I also handle a lot of the importing of fish from other countries as well. So um, we, the company, my family's company, we have a wholesale operation. We do retail. We do, every, we do everything up and down the board. So that's just how we operate. So... I've seen a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of things. I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of things wrong. But today's topic, I wanted to talk about, I think, I think this is the number one problem with the aquarium fish industry and why it has declined outside of, outside of this COVID situation. It has been a declining hobby ever since. And it won't be the normal topic you think it might be. So I think if you look at the aquarium industry as a whole and you see people and you see the decline in industry over time, people are probably like, well, it's been computers. Well, kids don't have the attention span. Well, it's a lot of time commitment. I think those are still valid reasons for the decline, but I don't think that is actually the number one reason for the decline. I actually think it's um, a little different. So I think... And this is just, I wanted to walk through the customer experience of this. And this is where it comes from. And, you know, people are going to get some hate for this, but this is what I think. And this is how I, this is what I've seen firsthand. And this is all of just recently too. Not, not take that back. Not recently, like I just learned this, but it made a lot of sense. And I'll pose the question to you like this. How many times does a new hobbyist try before they decide to give up on the hobby, meaning they've had an issue. How many times? And by the way, I don't have an answer for this. It's very anecdotal, but I, I guarantee you it can't be very many, right? So when a new hobbyist has problems, how did those problems arise? Like what caused from the point he entered a store to the time he got the fish home and the tank and everything, and then started having problems, what what does that process look like? So I actually think the, the number one cause of, of people leaving the hobby is just poor information to start with. And I know that sounds very general. You're like, well, does that make sense? Well, follow me through this 
journey I'm going to take you on on how I think this is the biggest problem. So let's talk back with Johnny. Johnny decides to go to the fish store. The most common ones you can find out there, the ones that have the most sales, right? The big box stores. He's like, I want to put a fish tank in there. What do I, what can I put together? What size tank should I get? All these basic questions they're asking, right? Because they want to take, I want to have a fish tank to be cool, right? It's a cool animal, right? They say, oh, well, you can do X, Y, Z. And I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you an example of somebody who recently came into our store and this is what they told me. So they were having issues with their fish. They didn't know what was going on. They just got this tank from uh, one of the big box stores. I won't name names. Uh, the people were told they could put these three fish in the same 22 gallon tank together. They could put African cichlids, angelfish, and I and I, I will say I don't know the last one, but I want to say it was something like tiger barbs, all in the same aquarium. And in my head. And by the way, this was a younger, younger kid, maybe high school age. I don't know age wise. I'm bad at that, but it was, I felt infuriated for the kid because he didn't know any different. This is just information. Somebody at one of the big box stores gave him and said, this is okay. Right. And sold him the fish as is. So this fish. Ha so now this kid's got a lot of issues, a lot of problems that he has to figure out how to solve, which is incredibly frustrating when you don't know and people are giving you bad advice. Right. So. This is kind of where this whole, I don't know how to say this, this whole talk decided to come about. So I posed the question again, how many times does that kid try when he loses something? Does he keep trying again? Now, if you are a, let's say you are a big box chain, why does this matter? So let's say he loses a fish, right? This is the outcome. He loses a fish because he did. Lost a fish. Well, what is, how does that work in a big box chain? Oh, okay, I'll just give you credit, and then uh, I'll get you a replacement. For a big box store, which I understand their purpose is to make money, it's, tra it's a transactional relationship, right? It's only you paid for this, you get XYZ, which I understand. We're also talking about a living thing, a living animal, right? The value or the emphasis put on a fish is Values no more than what it is transactional-wise. That is it. There is no value placed on the life of the animal, right, in my opinion, right? And if it's no more worth than the box of rocks that goes in the substrate, or not worth any more than that, and it's dealt with as such, how it is bought and sold, right, then I think we have a major problem. And not only do we have a major problem, but this is cutting in their, in their bottom line which to me makes no sense to me at all why, why that would be a thing. I wonder what the DOA rate looks like at a major box store on a yearly basis on how much money they lose based on, on those fish, how many fish they lose. And without going into too much detail on how those processes work, because I don't want to go into that, right? I don't want to talk about it. Not that I can't, but I don't want to. I don't want that, I don't want that smoke. <laughs> but... I wonder what that looks like, what that number looks like. Because I guarantee you, it's high. And they could be doing it. They could be shooting themselves in their own foot. And I really do believe they are shooting themselves in their own foot. And here's why. If you help and have a good training program, and this is going to be multifaceted, by the way. This is not a, just a one-pronged approach. There's not one problem that's, that's causing this, I think. If you solve the... 
the training aspect where people can give solid advice on what fish go with which, which I believe I don't believe is easy. I don't believe that's an easy thing to go by. I think if you carry the same fish, like a lot of them do, it'd be easier to do and create a training program around. Right. Cause I believe all the big box store chains only carry the same fish anymore. I know, I think PetSmart came out, so they're only carrying the same amount of fish, same type of fish with a few stores being variant. Cause they did a lot of sales. Right. But it makes the program, the training program, easier to create, right? It's easier to mass produce, I guess, in that sense. If that person is more successful in their fish tank, they're going to come back and get more stuff. They're going to come back and buy another tank. They're going to want to get set up. They're going to want to get more things. They're going to ultimately drive more sales to your business. And this goes for both local stores and and chains. I just think chains were the first time that the newer hobbyists a lot of times will go if they don't have access to a store, right? I think local stores, their best selling point is that they have this knowledge and the ability to tell you what to do, right? I think that's a big bonus for local stores. So that's what I think is probably the number one issue with that, right? Having a good training program for these stores, right? And like I said previously, I think that's the selling point for having a local fish store. If you've got one in your area, I think you're pretty lucky. I'm hopeful that they have more advice and they can help you better and more efficiently to be successful in, in the hobby because that's definitely affecting their bottom line. They don't make a ton of money. Local pet stores, local fish stores specifically are starving to get your business because they don't make a lot of money on them dry goods. I can tell you that right now. Uh, that's a whole nother problem that infuriates me, which I will leave for another day. But fish stores do not make a ton of money on dry goods. They're banking on you coming there to fill your tanks up with fish, just trying to be competitive. So if you have a local sto fish store, definitely support them. They definitely need all the support they can get. So do that. Now, <laughs> the next um, issue that I think happens in the industry that I think is, is hard to do with, and it's because there's not a lot of information out there. And that is the lack of um, understanding on how to deal with um, fish health problems. I don't think uh, both. Now I think this also applies both to local and I think this applies to pet stores. I think there's a lot of lack of information on how to deal with fish first one, how to deal with a preventative problem in fish, how to hopefully prevent it and, and do some things that can help prevent that. And then also how to deal with, disease or problems when it when it arises in fish i think there's a lack of understanding how to use those are there medications in place for these things how do you identify different how do you different how do you differentiate between a parasite a bacterial infection a fungal infection which one's primary which one's a secondary what should you be focusing on those sorts of things and that is a time thing where you have to be around it a lot to know the difference so i think there's a lot of lack of understanding on how that works and most people just take the loss in the fish and mark them up. And I think that's, that's a hard thing to deal with because then you don't may or may not know the fish is sick, right? Even I, I struggle with that all the time, but I'm, you know, I've been doing it long enough. I'm hopefully, I feel good enough that I can catch it early enough. I can change it and deal with it because I do have a protocol for treatment for different fish, right? And also that's a whole nother thing. It's not like when one sick, the way the systems in these stores are designed, most have recirculating systems. So I'm not sure where I left off. So I've had two batteries die on this camera. I ordered a false bottom for this camera and that's hard to deal with the, the setup anyway, not to go crazy in something else. So I think the next 
biggest issue I think a lot of stores have is the lack of understanding on how to deal with fish health problems. Uh, fish health problems are going to be something you encounter in your store. There's no, there's absolutely no way you are not going to have issues. You are getting fish from all over the world in the same water. They came mixed from different. You can't mix all these different fish from all these different countries where they come from different water parameters, mix them together and not think you're going to have issues. There's no way you're going to have issues. How do you mitigate the, the the losses on that? And I think that's where the education part comes into with understanding how to deal with that at the store level. And that is very difficult to deal with. And the main reason I think it's very difficult to deal with is most stores have those recirculating type system setups where the water is being conserved and where the water is being filtered, right? And then sent back through the whole system as a way to conserve water. And those are great for that aspect, right? It's also not the best way to deal with incoming fish at the very least. So from a fish store perspective, this is a very hard thing to deal with. This is a very difficult, challenging problem to have, right? Because if you think about it, if all the water is connected, you're going to be recirculating disease. Now, before you say, oh, well, they have all this filtration and a UV on it. No, I totally get it, but I would bet my life on it. Those UVs are not properly maintained. And that's the only thing that's really de you're dealing with when you're dealing with those sorts of issues, bacterial issues and stuff like that, parasites. You got to have a UV that works properly, but I would bet my life on it. They're not properly maintained and they're probably not set up even properly for them to be a super effective, right? So what's the water flow look like when it passes through the light? Uh, is the glass on the outside uh, where the bulbs inserted in, is that being cleaned or is it all algaed up a little bit? You know, all sorts of things can happen with those things. I don't like them very much. They're, I don't find them incredibly effective. Um, especially if you're bringing lots of fish from a bunch of different places. I know everyone likes them. They use them. I'm not a fan. I think you can use them with, I think you need to use them with treatments truthfully. So, Anyway, I say, I say all that to say I, I think there needs to be more education out there for fish store owners and how to deal with fish health issues. And there are resources and people out there to help you. Heck, if you want to help, I can even help you. I don't mind. I can show you what we do, and I would hope it at least decreases your DOA rate if used properly. Right? We have a protocol for how to deal with everything because it's not there is no one treatment that helps all. There is not. There are fish that are sensitive to things that other fish are not. You know, copper is a big one. Copper is a bad one. Copper is a, you know, what are you treating with with copper in your tank? Now, by the way, I need to preface this. I'm only talking about freshwater fish. I'm not going to go into saltwater. Saltwater is a whole other realm. I'm mainly speaking from a freshwater perspective. I don't want to even include saltwater in that. That's a whole other realm of treatment to deal with wild-caught animals. My God. Mixing fish, mixing oceans, I can tell you right now, you you have a lot of problems, and that's a whole other can of worms I don't want to open. But from a freshwater perspective, if you're doing freshwater fish, how do you mitigate fish loss by having a good protocol for treatment in place? And I don't think we have that. I don't see it in a lot of places in stores, surely not in your big box chains, which I think is a is a is a gross misstep, right? And, and both increasing your own bottom line and two, having happy consumers, which I don't understand how the process hasn't gone from, I have a happy customer. They're going to return to me because they're happy of their, the service and products I provided. How does that not 
replicate back to your own business. I can just tell you, I can tell you right now, if somebody comes into your PetSmart or PetsGo or whatever store, whatever big box chain is, and they are happy and you gave them great service and great products, you're going to have them as repeat customers because you're the most accessible. I just, I don't think you're doing it another way, right? So, and then the other one is, so I went through the lack of understanding on how, how fish go together, tank size and stuff like that. You know, lack of understanding how to deal with fish health diseases and fish health problems. And the last one I think is uh, lack of nutritional understanding. You know, you'll have a, a food that maybe one size fits all type thing. And I think a huge part of fish health is understanding the nutritional needs of those different fish. You're going to, if you're at a store, you may or may not know where your fish come from. You might know and think they're all coming from Florida or they're, you know, like a lot of places have fish come from, but is that a wild caught fish? Is it a tank raised fish? Did it come from Indonesia? Did it come from the wild in the Amazon? You don't know. I can tell you right now, if it's a wild fish, it's not eating that little pretty little flake you put in the tank. And that fish is not eating. You've got to feed it something else, a live food, a frozen food to wean it off, something. A lot of those wild food, a lot of those wild fish outside of maybe like, you know, some of those really aggressive predator fish, they'll just eat anything, you know, especially like an Oscar or something. They're not eating that pelleted food or flake food. You're just feeding everything. And what about just the algae eaters? Are they cleaning up the biofilm on the bottom? Is there biofilm on the bottom of the tank? You know, I saw that mentioned in a few other YouTube videos, and now I feel bad not remembering the names, but that's a that's a huge problem. You're feeding algae eaters something that they're not eating or they don't have anything to eat in your tank, right? That also needs to be addressed. And I'm and I'm not, by the way, we're not, you know, I've been in this business long enough to know I'm not. We've made plenty of mistakes. I've personally made plenty of mistakes. And I'm just trying to learn from them and do better and be better for the industry's perspective. Because I think that's important, at least on the retail side is what I'm trying to do now. Right. So those three things I think are what's contributing to the downfall of the aquarium industry. And eventually it just, it, it, it can't sustain itself. It can't sustain this long term. If, if the fish companies and the larger companies out there ever see this, I, I think you really need to focus on the fish first and take a fish first approach and use that to drive your sales. It's a lot longer term strategy. And I think it would be helpful. Now I've said all the things I don't like about it. And let's use my example. You know, Bobby went in there, got a fish tank, got some bad advice. What are some other outcomes for that? You know, let's say teenager. What are some of their outcomes for him to be, for him or her to be successful in the hobby? Well, the, what are they doing to find information? They're finding YouTube. YouTube and up until we started deciding on doing retail or not, I didn't really, I didn't really know there was a ton of people making videos on fish. To be completely honest with you, and uh, a little background: the first one I ever met is when I started going to my local fish club. Is I got to meet a guy named Ryan from uh, Ryan's Wild Fish Tanks. He was, he's local. He's he's part of the club I'm in, and he asked to come out and videotape a walkthrough of our, of our facility, and I was like yeah, man, if we want to be in this, I want to meet people that do this. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is a cool thing. And I met him. We did the video, went to the club meeting. It was very fun. Uh, I decided I would do my own research. I went back to YouTube. I looked for his videos. I thought I watched them. I thought they were really cool. I looked at other people's videos. I thought they were awesome. And there's this whole community around fish keeping. And I'd say 99% of it is amazing 
They are helpful. It is a very inviting community. Just like everything, you might have people that are, that are fish snobs that are like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do this. And it's, they're very snobby about certain things, which may or may not be warranted, right? But generally, it's a very inviting community. And I was, since since then, I've, I got to interview him, talk to him on this channel. I have talked to other fish tubers that have such an incredible wealth of knowledge in the hobby of great knowledge incorrect knowledge, like far exceeded what I was expecting. And it was awesome. It was great to talk to these people on that level because I think those people are the driving forces behind the industry. I really do. And there's a lot of them. There's not just a few people. This is a huge niche, like subculture in and of itself. And I'm glad and grateful to be part of it. And I think it's a good thing. So I wanted to end on a positive note. And that is, I hope people enjoy the fish tube videos I'm making. And, if, and I hope you like at least somebody else's fish tube videos you're making. And I hope they're helpful for you because a lot of them are great. Now, I'm not saying all of them. There's a few that are maybe meh. Maybe the information was okay, you know, but maybe do some check and verify, right? Watch a couple different videos on the same topic and see if you come to the same information, right? Just to double check everything seems similar and of similar, you know, information. I think that's a good way to do it at least to start, right? But I, I think that's where the industry is heading, watching these videos on how people do these things. So I'm, one, grateful for the community. Two, I would hope to also put out, you know, some content that helps people because that was the whole reason I started this channel. I wanted to help people save time, uh, save money, and, and hopefully not stress out and just enjoy their fish tank because after being the retail side, I see how it helps people. And it brings me great joy bringing other people great joy. Uh, it's what I did in the classroom. It's why I like teaching so much. I enjoyed just doing things I could help kids with, give them an opportunity they would not otherwise see. And I just hope I bring happiness to people keeping fish tanks. So, and I'll end with this. If you are a box company, big box store, or a local fish store, or an online seller, marketing your business obviously is important. Why not try to collaborate with some of these people who already make great content? Influencers, collaborators. That is your, your best option for growing your company in the future. Content is everything. Educating people on your product line is the number one thing you should be concerned about. Why is that not? Why is that not a bigger part of your strategy? I don't know. I hope it is in the future. So anyway, that's what I got. That's my rant. That's my that's my rant today on on the industry. And I hope it was insightful and you see some things that I saw. Maybe you see some things I didn't. If you did, leave them in the comments. Leave me your ideas on what you think. And let's discuss. Let's talk about this in a chat. I'll put the question out on my community page too. So what do you think? Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm full of crap? Let me know. This is just my thoughts, my opinions. Disclaimer, this is my own thoughts and opinions and not held by my own company. Thanks. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Oh, wait. Let me know if I should do this again. Should I do more controversial topics? I don't know. So let me know. I just, I'm toying around this. I liked it. I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed doing this. So if you liked it, let me know. Thanks. I'll see you guys later.